0: Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet, in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one... Shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it the men of old gained approval. The title of the message tonight is Faith That Won't Shrink. Faith That Won't Shrink. In the early days of our country, the story is is told of a traveler who was headed west. It was a long and perilous journey. He was traveling from the eastern United States westward. When he got to the Mississippi River, he was in the northern area. It was wintertime, and the Mississippi River was frozen over, or appeared to be frozen over. He was traveling on horseback, was a little uncertain about whether or not uh, the ice foundation was suitable for him to cross, and so with a great degree of caution and trembling for his own safety, knowing that if the ice broke through that he would probably fall through to his death, he slithered out on his belly Uh, to cross uh, to see if it was suitable for his horse to cross. And as he slithered carefully across his belly, across the ice, the worst uh, expectation of his came into being. The ice began to tremble and rumble, shaking, and he jumped up quickly to run off the ice only to see a wagon load of coal being carried across the ice and the wagon driver was singing. Obviously, the foundation was secure. One person was confident of the foundation. The other one was tentative about the foundation. So when we talk about faith, we're talking about the foundation of our own conviction. Somebody once said, uh, you can cross a river on a plank by faith, but the strength of your faith is not what gets you across the river. It's the strength of the plank. Strong faith in a weak plank will land you in the river. Weak faith in a strong plank will get you across. The difference is the foundation. So tonight, we're gonna talk about a faith that won't shrink in the face of difficulty. And faith that won't shrink is number one, faith that has inspected the foundation. We have a dangerous definition of faith being taught today based on Hebrews 11.1. And the definition wouldn't be funny. It would be funny if it didn't absolutely desecrate the holiness of God. There are some that teach it based on the King James version of the verse that says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And so they say, Faith is a substance. Faith is a substance that you can work with, that you can build with. In other words, it's a medium that you can use, and you can, just like God, speak things into existence by your faith. That's what they say. I'm not saying that. And so you will hear them say often, as you've heard me speak against, if you've been in my Sunday school class, or perhaps even in. And in here in, in the sanctuary, there are people who will say, well, just decree and declare. Well, be careful about what you decree and declare. They say based on your faith, you can decree and declare something into existence, and it will be made for you in the holy of holies in heaven. You're working with the substance of your faith. If you want a Cadillac, just decree and declare a declare a Cadillac. I'd rather have a Yukon, a GMC Yukon myself, but they say, just decree and declare that Cadillac and it'll be made for you in the Holy of Holies in heaven. Is that what Hebrews 11:1 is saying? No, that's not what it's saying. Faith is, is not positive thinking. Some people say it is. Just think positively. And they say it with a nice smile, if my teeth were as nice as Joel Osteen's, I would say with a smile, faith is not positive thinking, no matter how positive you think, it's not. Positive thinking changes nothing. Now, I know that Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, but that's a statement about the character of a person, not about the creative ability of that person's thoughts. If I visualize myself to be rich, will that make me rich? If I visualize myself to be well, will that make me well? Can I change anything about my circumstances by my thinking? Uh, and, And the answer to that is no. I can't change anything about myself by my thinking. And I didn't say that. Jesus said that. As a matter of fact, he said that by thinking... Even incredibly anxious thinking, not one of us can add one cubit to his statue or one hour to his life. That's in Luke chapter 12 verses 25 and 26. And in Matthew chapter 5 verse 36, Jesus said we don't have the power to change one hair on our head from black to white. Now we might worry ourselves into having some gray hair, but you can't by taking thought... Change that back after you've worried it gray. We don't have that power. So faith is not positive thinking. It's not positive speaking. What does faith do then? Does faith change things? Does faith move things? Does faith heal? Does faith save? Isn't that what the Bible says, that faith moves mountains, that faith heals the sick and faith saves? Right here in the book of Hebrews, some of the passages we'll read in the days ahead from chapter 11 will seem to say some of those things. But I want to ask you a question. Did faith do any of those things? Did faith knock down the walls of Jericho? says by faith the walls of Jericho fell. But did the faith of those people knock the walls down? Or did God knock them down in response to their faith? Does faith heal those who are sick? Or does God Heal the sick in response to faith. And there's a tremendous difference. If my faith moves and my faith heals and my faith saves, then when the mountain does not move and the sickness is not healed and the soul is not saved, then that that presents a problem with my faith. If my faith is in faith, then when things don't go well, I'm going to lose faith in faith because my faith is only as strong as me And it can't add an inch to my height or an hour to my life or change one hair on my head from black to white. So we've been led to believe down through the years, I think, that it takes incredibly strong faith to see a miracle, to see something unusual happen. But the Bible never says that. Faith is not a muscle. It's not a substance that you work with. Uh, As a matter of fact, Jesus said that the tiniest bit of faith could see tremendous miracles. He didn't say, if your faith is strong enough, you can say to this mountain, be moved and be cast into the heart of the sea. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. But does faith move the mountain? Or does God move it in response to faith? Well, when we look at the 11th chapter of Hebrews, one of the things that you're going to see is that faith can accomplish many things when faith is in God. When your faith is in God, remember, strong faith in a weak plank will land you in the river. Weak faith in a strong plank will get you across The strength of our faith is not because our faith is strong. It's because of who we put it in. He is strong. God is strong. That's the foundation that we stand on. Faith is not something you do. It's not a muscle you work with. It's not a substance that you have, uh, uh, have to have the right amount to work with. It's confidence, but it's not confidence in me. It's confidence in God. So a faith that won't shrink is faith that has inspected the foundation, faith that stands on the promises of God and believes the promises of God are true because they believe God is true and God is strong. How strong is he? What can God do? Can God do what needs to be done in your life? I remind you of the man who told me When we went through Experiencing God the first time at a church that I was pastor of in the early 90s, right after Experiencing God came out, one of the most remarkable statements I I had ever heard. He was just a deacon in the church, and he said to me, his name was Greg Hardin, and he said, Brother Eddie, he said, Now I know that the God we serve is not God almost. He's God Almighty. You think about it. That's the way we often approach God, as God almost but he's not God almost. He's God Almighty. He's a God who can do anything. And so that's who I put my faith in. My faith is not in the strength of my faith even. My faith is in the strength and the power and the might of an almighty God. Second, a faith that won't shrink is faith that's been through the fire. Sam tried on my coat today to see if he was growing into it. My grandson Sam, and it's still a little bit big for him and I've told you before that when I lived in Camden, we had a family in our church that had a cleaners, uh, the Brock's, and they had a cleaners. And there was a while that I just told my wife, I said, I think we need to take our clothes somewhere else because I'm having a problem. My coats, they're shrinking. They They don't fit anymore. At that time, I was wearing a 42 long and I found out, though, later, though, it wasn't the problem that the, shrink, the cleaners were shrinking my coats. It was the man inside the coat who was growing. So I went from a 42 long to a 44 long to a 46 long to a 48 long. This one is a 50 long. So you see that I grew quite a bit, not longer but wider. And so uh, some clothes do shrink from time to time, but faith certainly shouldn't shrink. I grew up in a town that had a textile mill, and uh, there was a man famous that, that I came to find out about. His name was Sanford Cluett. You probably have never heard of Sanford Cluett, but Sanford Cluett is the guy who invented the process that makes sure that your jeans don't shrink anymore when you wash them. You, Some of you remember maybe a day When you washed clothes and they shrank a good bit, you had to buy them a good bit larger. But Sanford Cluett invented the Sanforizer. We had a Sanforizer in my hometown. We had a cotton mill that took a bale of cotton. They delivered bales of cotton every day to our little town, Stonewall, Mississippi. they take that bale of cotton, rope it into yarn, spin it into threads, spread the threads out on a big roll, dye the threads, weave it into blue denim, and every day blue denim. They made enough blue denim, I think, every year to go to the moon and back in Stonewall, Mississippi. But they ran it through this sanforizer. It was a big, a big set of rollers that stretched it and steamed it and made sure that after it went through there, it wouldn't shrink anymore. It's called a sanforizer. And so faith that won't shrink is faith that has been through the fire. It was the heat, the flame, the stretching, and sometimes that, that's what, what has to happen to your faith and mine. Our faith has to be stretched a little. We go through trials. We go through troubles that make us hang on. It's that hanging on that makes us a little stronger. It's the, it's the, it's the stretching of our faith. So the writer of Hebrews says, Remember the former days when after being enlightened you endured a great conflict of sufferings, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. And that's where we got to the first verse that we read tonight. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. They weren't going through easy times. They were going through tough times. And so the writer of Hebrews is saying to them, in these tough times, don't throw away your confidence in God. You may have to pass through the fire sometimes. You may have to be stretched from time to time through difficulty, but don't throw away your confidence in God. Don't let that frighten you. Faith that won't shrink, is faith that maintains its confidence in god even when it's tested by fiery trials number three faith that won't shrink is faith that won't flinch he says in verse 36 for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of god you may receive what was promised i want to tell you why this verse is interesting it suggests that there are times when the will of god is suffering. Remember, that's what he's just talked about in verses 32 up to verse 35. And he says, For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. The will of God is not always that everything be good, regardless of what some preachers say. Everything's not always good, and and it's not always going to be good, Life is not always going to turn out like I want it to or like you want it to. All prayers aren't answered because sometimes the answer that God gives is no. Sometimes he says yes. I can't remember who it was that was talking to me. It's got to be one of you that was telling me about an answer to prayer and in contrast to sometimes when God didn't answer prayer and you said to me, God said yes this time. This time God said yes. This time God allowed the good to come. God doesn't always do that for purposes that we don't understand. But even when we don't understand what's going on, we still trust the God who makes the promises. We still trust the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross for us. The Bible says, the Bible didn't say God proved his love for you by giving you a Cadillac when you asked him to make one for you in the holy, uh, holies in heaven. The Bible doesn't say God proved his love for you when you were sick and you, you asked him to heal you, and he did. The Bible says that God demonstrated his own love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I read the story, and you have too, in that same study, experiencing God that some of us went through years ago, when Henry Blackaby, the author of that study, told about his own daughter who who went through cancer treatment. She had cancer, and he said as he thought about the fact that here his daughter was had cancer, he wanted there was something in him that wanted to question here he. He wanted him to question the love of God. Here he is as a servant of God, trying to be the man that God wants him to be. And yet this difficulty has come into the life of his daughter and his family. And he said, I learned one thing. I learned that I have to take all my circumstances and look at them against the backdrop of the cross. And when I look at the cross, I can never question God's love for me. Faith that that won't shrink is faith that won't flinch In the face of difficulty, author Ken Davis uh, wrote a book. I want to share you a story that he told. Uh, He said uh, he did this talk in, in school for a speech class on the law of the pendulum. He said, I spent 20 minutes carefully teaching the physical principle that governs the swinging of the pendulum. The law of the pendulum isn't a pendulum for those of you who may not understand what a pendulum is. Some of you who are younger, that's if we tied a little, little rope up here in the ceiling and we put a little ball on it, let's say a little, a little metal weight, and we pulled it over here and we let it swing. And it would just swing and swing, it would swing back and forth. It would be a pendulum. The law of the pendulum says basically you can pull the pendulum to this wall over here and if this, if from the center of the sanctuary, I think this is probably 20 feet to this wall, and then 20 feet to this wall. If you let it go at this wall, it won't hit that wall over there. It'll never, it'll never go back to the same place. It'll always fall short. So he did that, and he made this little illustration with a a, a child's toy and a string and attached it to the blackboard and put it on the blackboard and put the marks on the blackboard and showed how it worked. So he's in this class where he's doing his speech. And so he asked them after he did it, he said, Now how many of you believe? How many of you have confidence in the law of the pendulum? And they all raised their hand. Everybody he had proved it and he, that was a pretty good speech when you can prove something and you have an illustration. A speech is always good. I should have had an illustration up here. I should have tied one of my grandchildren to a rope by their ankle and just swung them back and forth and, to see if we could prove that. But he proved it in a different way. The teacher also raised his hand and said he believed it. So he said, well, class is not over yet. In reality, it had just begun hanging from the, the steel ceiling beams in the middle of the room was a large, crude but functional pendulum. He had 250 pounds of metal weights tied to four strands of 500 pound test parachute cord. And so he had the teacher of the class, maybe he was a physics professor at a junior college, I don't know, he had him sit on a table on the other side of the room. And so he took that 500 pound, uh, 250 pound weight, and he pulled it to the professor's nose. And he said, now, do you believe the law of the pendulum that it'll never swing back to its point of origin? It'll always swing just short. And he let that 250-pound weight go, and it went from the ceiling across the room. And as it was swinging back, the professor jumped off the table. He said, faster than I've ever seen anybody move. He was not confident in in his own law that he taught in the class. So are we confident... In the promises that God made and the things that we see in his word. Faith sees God move mountains. Faith faces incredible difficulties with confidence in God. But how does faith fare when it's your nose against the pendulum? The pendulum of suffering or the pendulum of difficulty. Are you trusting God to be sovereign over the circumstances of your life? As he said, there's no greater test of our faith than personal suffering. I've been reading over the last couple of weeks in the book of Job, and I see this incredible faith of Job in the midst of his trials, who said, this was Job's statement. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That professor flinched when the pendulum swung his way. Job didn't flinch in his faith in the midst of So when suffering enters your life, it calls into question those things you know to be true about God. But faith that won't shrink is faith that doesn't flinch. Hebrews 10.38, but my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. In Hebrews 11.2, he says that's the kind of faith that pleases God, for by it the men of old gained approval. Finally, faith that won't shrink is faith that preserves the soul. Look at verse 39, but we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Tell me about your faith. Is your faith saving faith? How would you know? Well, if it's faith in faith, then it's not saving faith. If it's just faith in your confidence, if it's faith in the strength of your ability and your tenacity, by the way, how, how strong is your ability to hold on to God? Let's just be honest. Most of us can't hold on to God. You ever notice that? We talked about that this morning in our Sunday school class. When the going gets tough, the tough fall. That's just a fact. No matter how strong our faith is, there's going to be a moment when something comes along that throws us in the ditch. It's just going to throw us for a loop. And we're going to lose confidence. We're likely to let go of God. So I'm just saying that if it's, if it's you're depending on simply the strength and the tenacity of your own ability to hold on, in whatever circumstances it is, then you're certainly trusting in the wrong thing. Your trust shouldn't be based on your ability to hold on to God, but rather on God's ability to hold on to you. God's going to take care of me. God's going to take care of me even if bad things happen. God's going to take care of me even if he doesn't answer my prayer the way I want him to. God's going to take care of me when I understand what's going on in my life and when I don't understand what's going on in my life. Why can I have such confidence in God? Because he loves me. Because he demonstrated that love when he sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. He's the God who said to me, he's the God who promised me, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He never said you need to hold on for dear life hold on for the ride he said don't worry don't worry about anything don't let your heart be troubled I'm going to take care of everything I made you this promise and I'm going to keep it you just need to trust me you need to put your confidence in me so I don't know where you are and what your life journey is right now and what is happening in your life journey I just want to encourage you Don't throw away your confidence in God. That's where we started, and we'll continue to find out on these Sunday nights what the Bible has to say about faith.